0: Log Talk Radio.
1: What's up? Peace, shalom, salam, and all that good stuff. You are now listening to the sound of the shofar blowing, and I'm shofar. And today, the shofar is being blown to call all of us to my yachts. I'll go a little bit more into that in a second, um, but you're at Fo' Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, shofar, from Fo' Show Energy Work. And today, uh, my guest is Melinda Bart Williams. If you all haven't had that chance to uh, hear this, sister, um, she had a TED Talk in berlin a little while ago that's when i was introduced to her so on facebook uh, someone had posted it and the sister was just bringing it as far as the whole spirit of mayat um which i'll go into that a little bit about what that means in fact i'll do it now mayat is the divine faculty that communicates to man uh to humankind the principle of interdependence and so um that's a quote by raun nefer Amin. And the sister was just bringing that spirit of my out. When I saw her talk, that's what went through my head. It's like she understands our interdependence as a human species. So, you know, without further ado, what I want to do is bring the sister on. Uh, Melinda, are you there?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Hey, sis, how you doing? I'm
0: excellent. How are you?
1: I am doing great. You know, after Hmm. how many months, like seven months and... Uh, Your World Journey's Door door to Explore, Um, (laughs) you know, first time we talked, uh, first time we attempted this, uh, that was, you were in China, I believe, right? Uh, Hong Kong. Mm. Hong Kong, okay. Yeah, Yeah, you were in Hong Kong, and then uh, from there, you, you know, I know you went to Egypt and Sierra Leone and South Africa, and I'm probably missing a couple spots. Um, So, yeah, you you been getting it in. How's things going?
0: I uh, things are, uh I would say they're they're running, flying, not exactly going. But um yeah, they're 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 flying <laughs> they're flying good. Nice. High.
1: Okay, flying Absolutely. high. Mhm. All right. Well I know you're in the pilot seat, so that that's what's up. Well, you know, I want to go ahead and jump right into it because we got 30 minutes, and that may not sound mm-hmm. like, I mean, that may sound like something, but I know that goes by pretty quick, especially from, we actually, family, we all, we went through a whole conversation, had it recorded, um, but because she was in, she I'm in California, she was in China, we were trying to do it by Skype, and the app didn't quite work out, mm-hmm. her voice came out very faint, and we couldn't quite recover it, you know, we tried a couple of things or whatever, mm-hmm. so, you know, but I know from that that the time goes by really quick with you Because you have so many great things to say So let's go ahead and get into it Um, uh, Charity, you know, when I saw you talking on the TED Talk You were talking about, um, you know, about charity And I, I want to go into that concept some I mean, first off, tell us how how is it that colonial powers have tricked the world Into believing that Africa needs aid Can you go a little bit into that?
0: Um. Yeah, I think it works pretty much the very same way than every marketing campaign, you know, that we witness on TV, on billboards, and so on. And what we always fail to understand is that it's like charity is a multi-billion dollar industry. Like, just to give you an example, in the UK alone, you know, like, I think 2012 or 13, this industry, um, the revenue was, 37 billion pounds you know that in dollars would be way over 40 billion you know and probably to their entire gdp it would contribute a couple of percent you know so these charities you have to understand they create a huge job force you know in the uk alone i don't know it was a quarter of a million charities registered last year and then just think about how many employees. If just an average charity has between 10 and 100 employees, then just do the mathematics. You know, for that industry to collapse and vanish from the surface of the earth, <laughs> like, you right? Decline in GDP in a community, like unemployment, it would mean because these these salaries wow. that they pay, you earn decent money. You know, it's not exactly as if these people are all volunteers when. Um, somebody comes for these bigger organizations to Africa, they live in a house that costs $5,000, You know, they have an allowance, they they have a Jeep, they have a this and a that, and how does that stand in proportion to the well they build once a week or every two weeks? They go and check on the progress of the well they're building. So um, the profits are capitalized, not in Africa, overseas. And then when you look at um, another study, that basically shows you um, how much money goes into Africa, and mm. how much then leaves the, re- the, the 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 region. You know, it leaves basically Africa with like a sixty billion deficit. You know, and oh, wow. um, because like like an estimate hundred thirty five billion in loans, foreign investment, development, and so on always uh, goes into Africa apparently per year, but almost two hundred billion. Leaves the continent, you know in tax evasion profits that are capitalized overseas you know you have to understand a lot of the mining companies these are anglo saxon companies that capitalize their profits overseas, so it's that kind of game and part of this tell um a lie game that we've all been playing since the beginning wow. of time and and you know, it's worthwhile to, to run marketing campaigns just like they do for a silly washing powder, for a Coca-Cola, for a McDonald's. Everything that is unnecessary needs to be heavily advertised. Products that are necessary, right. I mean, you don't really need to advertise water unless it's special or or huh. air or you know, essential things don't need to be advertised. Sun, you don't need to advertise that, you know? You just need to mention, hey, we have sun and people come in hordes. But things <clears> that are fake Need to be like, you need to invest more money in kind of selling an image, selling a story to the consumer. You know, in that case, like people that, you know, people that think they help with their donations. And that is really pretty much what it is because the, the images are so falsified, the, the shots that you see on these big ball, billboards of serving children, these are shot in studios often. You look at it and you're like, really? You dressed up a child, smeared its face with dust to make it look like it's suffering here. You know, where do you stop? Or if you remember the Live Aid campaign by Bob Geldorf, you know, people, they, no image is dehumanizing and horrendous enough for to, to, to emotionalize people to to push their campaigns, you know, and they, they become so desensitized to this is a human life. You know, this is not a product. They're trying to sell the product. When you remember this song, do they know it's Christmas yet? You know, you had that, I think, going on in the 80s. was a huge success. And then they revived it about a year ago. And all these European countries, they would show you these video clips. And in the beginning, it was this uh, woman suffering of Ebola. It happened to be a shot from Sierra Leone that could have potentially been my relative. They were dragging her out of her own excrement in bed, her dead body or half dead body. Like she was just in her underwear, skin and bones, you know. And how come with Africa, you do not hesitate to show such pictures while that very man's own wife, Paula Yates, was found um, dead by an overdose of Harriet with syringes in her bed and so on, so on, so on, probably looking exactly the same. Would he want that as a husband for her, his wife's picture to go around the world? You know, his daughter, this this um, what's her name, Peaches Geldof, was found with her toddler in bed she died she injected herself an overdose of heroin so i feel people should like sweep their own yard first before they kind of paint a picture of africa that they do for one mere reason money you know it's a cash cow how much that guy earns with this song is insane okay in proportion to that how many percent of people died of Ebola realistically in the 90s, you had flu epidemics in Germany, in Europe, that wiped out more people. Does that mean we can't travel to Germany anymore? Does that mean now Germany is only known for flu epidemics? Hell no. You know, Hmm, Germany would never permit another country to run this type of advertisement campaigns on them. would just not be tolerated. I see
1: what you're saying. No, that. That is a, a huge, as uh, you know, great point there, you know. But I heard it said—I don't know if it was Dr. Francis Quest Wilson or someone—but they were like, whoever controls the images, you know what I mean? They, they, they control. Thank you. They control, you know, and and, and, you. and that's what's happened is others control, they control the images right Control what is right in now. your mind. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. So if, if y'all didn't know, I think y'all know now. She's bringing it, you know. So um, <laughs> tell us uh, so this, uh, the difference between charity. In Because I know you have some things to say about charity that may, you know, yes. rock people or whatever. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: I give you my very own perspective that might not hold for everyone, but I believe there's sure. a
1: profound truth sure. to it.
0: And my perspective okay. is that me, Melendez, I share for a very, very selfish reason. It makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. When I give, I ultimately understand what I how rich I am, how wealthy I am. And for me, it is only satisfying when it's a two-way exchange, you know, because I know I haven't really, like, shared anything if this thing hasn't made an as profound impact on me, you know. So I know I haven't really given. If I, let's say, I donate somewhere $100, $100, do I feel it? No, I don't feel it, you know, so because I haven't felt it. Means I have not shared because if I had really, for me it's I know I've only given if this has given to me if this has touched me if this has moved me if this has changed me, then I know, uh, know I've shared because I've gained likewise amount of it, and what I've done with lion base it changed me profoundly, I gained profound insight and and it it enriched my life in so many ways just the. The, when the notion of giving turns in an act of sharing I know you, you've hit the equilibrium And I always seek to do that In any exchange with a human being With you, I, I try to hit that now You know, when I talk with a person Otherwise it's not worth well my time You know, Gosh, I sure. mean, it really isn't
1: Gotcha, okay Okay, yeah, it makes sense uh, and, and, uh, and that goes to what I was saying I think in the beginning of the whole uh, Mayat thing, you know um, That's a, a Egyptian or ancient Kemet uh, concept of uh, interdependence on the tree of life is saying that we're mm-hmm. all connected mm-hmm. and that we that we all have some type of interdependence or whatever. So, you know, charity, you know, the way that you just explained it would fit into that model, I think, very neatly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things when we got, when I got a chance to talk to you when you were in Hong Kong, that really struck me is it ended up kind of going into a kind of a deep metaphysical uh, conversation, and um, for a bit there, and you were talking about a little bit about this Africa as a womb. And um, yeah. so, if you could go a little bit, a little bit into that about how we've, how the disrespect of Africa is the disrespect, disrespect of the feminine.
0: Yes, it is because when you look at this globe, you know whether you believe in whichever
1: theory you believe in, whether that is a, is right.
0: a, is a, is a round sphere, it's a flat sphere, whatever. I don't care. I checked it, that. Was <laughs> that
1: was crazy. That was crazy. Sorry. No I, no. I checked that video you sent me too. By the way, that was crazy. I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, and
0: basically, whatever you believe in, there's a uh-huh. center to something, you know. And to mm-hmm. me, that center is either the womb or the heart. From there, things are born from there. It's it's, it's a source. It's an abundant source, you know. Right. And And um, so when you look at the globe and you turn it around, mm-hmm. because it's a sphere, after all, you know, with a flat around, um, you turn it around. Then you look at Africa, it's clearly the shape of a heart. And when you look at my TED talk, that's exactly how I began it. And you see, you look at this globe and you see the shape of a heart in the center of everything else, you know. And it's the only continent that is connected to the tectonic plates, you know. And that is why these sources, like, overflows abundantly. There's almost no limit to it, you know. And some people do understand that. Um, I believe on some levels everybody understands that, some only understand it on a very materialistic physical level, because <clears throat> Africa sustains the entire world, it always has, you know, at least since we started to record time, whether it's been done in a very elaborate and profound way, bringing wisdom, bringing knowledge, pyramids, architecture, you name it, gods everything you know from gold to precious minerals to herbs to salts to everything came from this continent you know when you look at into latin america mexico europe where did like really the the, the wisdom come from even like this morning I was listening to something about mary uh, magdalena and jesus and all the scrolls where were they found in in africa is that by coincidence you know the lost gospel of of john and the lost gospel of Mary Magdalene was all found in Egypt, you know? And um, so basically, it is the source of so much. And when you really look at it, and to me, it's entirely feminine, this place, because it's so abundant. It's it's so lush. It's so, and especially a place like Sierra Leone, it's such a virgin ground. Ultimately, it's like the land of milk and honey, you know? And for Mm. me, that is very feminine. When you think of a female womb, Think of it as a sphere of milk and honey from which something always flows out, you know? And mm. ultimately, it's something that creates life, that sustains life, it nurtures. That is, to me, as a woman, you know? And okay. um, it's like something that's born with so many seeds. As a woman, we're born with, like, how many millions of seeds? Just imagine that. In my womb, I contain millions of seeds. You know, and each of the seeds is like an entire like family tree. So just Africa, it it, it it's just like breathes and the thing flourishes. You know, it's like that fertile. You just say something and then, boom, it manifests. That fertile. You know, spiritually, energetically, the 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 soil. The, okay, not everywhere. You know, I'm really talking about the bit from a Sierra Leonean perspective. Not exactly like when you go to. Namibia, Botswana, all that there's drought, you know but it's like ultimately it's the feminine and when you reap that womb, you know it will bring you life but when you rape it it will bring you suffering and horror and what has been done to Africa has been raped, you know there's nothing wrong with reaping but reaping involves also a concept of exchange it involves the concept of replenishing, you know if I want to reap from a tree I must make sure the soil is nurtured the environment is cohesive, it's like um, growing, it's, it's, it's water, it has light, it has water, it has oxygen, you know, I need to make sure that that is given. And that means I nurture it back one way or the other. But if I just take, 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 and I chop this thing into how many pieces and I, I rape it. When you see how Africa is mined, that is rape, you know, not just of the human resource, of the environment. They go so deep, they dig so deep, they dig her her essence, you know, mm-hmm. and then with harsh chemicals, the mercury that they use to wash to pure in, in countries where the gold isn't pure enough when it comes from the soil, um, it's, it's rape. Nothing will ever grow there again. And as a woman, I feel that so profoundly because ultimately we're so fertile, we're so strong, we're not fertile in terms of bringing forth life. We're fertile. In terms of thought, ideas, energy, you know, as women, of course, we've been like oppressed and silenced and all these kind of things. But ultimately, it's there. Why were we suppressed and silenced? Because people fear us. It was too powerful, you know. And with Africa, the same thing. It is so dominant. It's it's really original, ultimate cradle, and that is why it's, why it's human resource. Not just it's human resource. People are scared of. Everything that is alive that comes out of Africa the lion, the tiger, the zebra, the <laughs> elephant everything is so intimidating. The black man, the black woman it's so intimidating, it's so dominant. You know, you mix with that DNA what is the product? Me, Melence, I'm that product. You know, Not, don't come out white, I come out right. colored. You know, and that is very intimidating and that goes further, further, further. Why is the black? Man, woman, suppressed around this globe. It's intimidating. I'm very aware of that. You know, walking into a room. It's intimidating, you know? So, it's ultimately, it's, it's, it's that rape, I believe, will only cease. One, everybody develops an inner confidence, number one, because only if you truly respect yourself can you respect others. Can you respect what is given to you, what is available, what was brought here, not by your effort, you know, but by God, by the divine, by nature, creation, the universe, whatever you want to call it. And um, I believe really the way forward is for people to develop an ultimate sense of self-respect. You know, and of course, if you think of it, all the healing that has to go on inside of the oppressor too, you know, they're victims of their own, own actions and deeds as well, because The confidence is not there. If I know I came from a lineage that has murdered, killed, slaughtered, oppressed, for what? You know, a token? You know, for, yes, okay, maybe for for, 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 for survival instincts, you know, on so many levels, but um, survival instincts because of the resources that sustain the world and also because you do not want your own to die out, you know, because the reality is in 100, 200 years from now, people will look like me. You know, right. that is the reality. And there's nothing racist. It's just the reality of things. We mix, we mix, we mix. In me, I have European, German, I have Asian, Malaysian, I have African. So people will kind of, the look will gravitate into that direction. And maybe a lot of people are scared of that, that what they represent will die out. You know, but that's the natural course of life. And I feel only when people recognize or or redevelop that self-respect, and that requires healing. You know, first, healing, very importantly, you have to acknowledge your mistake, your wrongdoing. You have to acknowledge, okay, I've committed this crime. This was wrong, and I forgive myself, and Mm -hmm. I want to ask for forgiveness, you know? And that triggers, like, almost like a snowball effect, and the rest will come. The next steps will follow, but presently we're at that time where history is being rectified, you know, natives are minu- uh, native. Um, Americans are getting their narrative straight, you know, granting basically special mm. asylum to 200 million illegal immigrants, which they are. You know, everybody here in America is illegal. You know, the same mm. Africans eventually now in Namibia have negotiations going on between the Namibian government and the German government, the Namibian asking for an official apology and reparations because the first concentration camps before they even introduced them in Germany and proceeded with the Jewish Holocaust, they had tested them already in Namibia. You know, people do not know that. That is just not mentioned in the history books and understandably so. I wouldn't write that in my CV, in my introduction letter, you know. I don't do that. So I don't even, like the blaming game is a waste of time. It's just like print your own history books and include what is important to your narrative and get it straight. With Australia, the same thing. We have to acknowledge first and foremost, and that's why I feel it's important to be immaculate with your language because the minute you call somebody an American or a South African or a Namibian, that is clearly not of that soil. Because the person is white, the minute you call that person Australian, you are already feeding into the lie. They're not, mm. you know. They've invaded these places as what we call into under today's definition as terrorists, you know, by violence, by force, by this, by that, and they've they've just issued themselves passports, pretty much so, you know. And I find that so ironic and interesting at the same time because in Germany, right now we have what people call an immigration crisis, you know, because. Immigrants are coming into the country like crazy, you know, from war torn countries or whatever for economic reasons. And um, basically, they're tolerated or they're given a status, but to think if they would come with weapons, mm. take over the government and issue themselves German citizenship and then impose sure. their laws. You know, that for us would be straight up, hey, ISIS. ISIS showed up, you know, that would be straight-up terrorism. So we need to, like, just rectify the narrative. I think that's step one, once the narrative is out there, and just a multitude or the majority of people subscribe to that narrative because that is all what facts and history are. It's just like somebody telling their story, and then it's been printed a gazillion times. You know, every school around the world studied that book. People agreed on a version of the story that might be a blatant lie. You know, Christopher Columbus, all that is blatant lies. But people have, like, all subscribed to it. Nobody has the right to ever complain unless you show up and you present your own story. You know, then we can talk. And I feel we can talk because this is presently happening. People are telling their own stories. Africans are doing that. Native Indians are doing that. Australians. And stories can be heard. We have social media. The world has shrunk into, into a mouse click, basically. You know, so, and also, we are there, we've evolved enough consciously in our mindset to receive these stories and be open to another truth, you know, to a new set of facts, to something that's more complete and people are thirsty for knowledge presently, so it's it's a beautiful time actually, you know, Including all these horrendous wake-up calls that we witness that are very, very, very necessary to make people uncomfortable, to make people finally question, to make people yeah uncomfortable, you know, because that brings about real change. So I'm I feel blessed to be alive right now.
1: Is uh, is very special times, and so much of what you touched on there. Uh, good gosh, like um you know the we had already talked about the images, but also these concepts, like you said of Calling uh, someone American or South African or whatever these different concepts that are brought into that feed into the old the old way of do, doing things the old the old uh, paradigms and I love what you're saying that to not honor those to not to not use those yeah, but languages. why do, you... do we
0: do that with people just because they're Europeans? We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't negotiate with terrorists usually.
1: You don't have right. a
0: passport. You can ISIS all the all you want. You can 911 all you want. That doesn't huh. give you citizenship. Seriously, not, you know, period. Or we we all subscribe to a set of rules that I can invade now. China, gun in my hand, da-da-da, walk through immigration, boom, I want my passport. Then fine, you know, I'm going to work with that then. But make up your mind, it's either or, you know, either we define such acts as terrorism, and then it doesn't matter if you're the descendant of a terrorist. Does that now, okay, you know, you still benefit from the atrocities that were committed, and so I think we we just that doesn't make it better, you know. It makes it better if once one acknowledges the mistake, has forgiven themselves, has asked for forgiveness, has been forgiven. Then I feel we can move forward, you know. And kind of happening, say.
1: I feel. I you no. Know, I mean, your conversations like this, what you did at the TED talk, and uh, I think the world is ready, you know, there's many people ready to reap, not rape, but reap uh, the benefits of us having real conversations and doing that deep inner work so that we can heal, you know, and so that we can heal collectively. Um, we're at the, we got uh, just a little over three minutes left. So I want, the, I want the family to know a little bit about your upcoming books, What you told me about that. Those sound like they're going to be very on point, And from there, we we'll, we'll basically be, be wrapping up. So if you could just, Tell us a little bit about your upcoming books.
0: Mm-hmm. It's my contribution to the narrative. Basically, that's all it is, you know. And um, I feel what what's the point of complaining? Ooh, I, I hear people say, oh, black people aren't represented in Hollywood. Hollywood ain't black. It's like <clears throat> saying white people aren't represented in Nollywood. This is, this is mm-hmm. so retarded. You know, make, right. you write your own script, make your own movie, print your own book. You know, teach your children. So, basically, I don't understand the, the complaining part in people. So, that's why I started, you know, with a serious... Me, personally, I love African history. I had to educate myself profoundly. Um, and I love these amazing stories about amazing African queens. You know, I started with that. Also, amazing African things that have done great things, their traditions, their lifestyles, their philosophies, their morals. You know, there's so much wisdom in it, and I want to share it. And I want to, yes, I began writing that. I started with children.
1: With these different queens and stuff that people haven't heard of. Because, uh, you know, just uh, some of the ones that you were sharing with me, I think yesterday, uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's to 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 just see how it's definitely been his story. It hasn't been her story, and it hasn't been our story, you know. So, again,
2: you're not looking to anyone um, else to to change that. We have to rectify that.
1: Yeah.
0: It's been a Eurocentric story on top of it. Did you know that Britain, they included now the fact that Africans were in Britain before, um, because we know Mm -hmm. as Brits today, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, so now it's in, in their curriculum officially, you know, because they have, the evidence is there when you go to the National Library in the U.K., the Fair Fair Baron Book of Crests and all this kind of thing. It shows you exactly where these royal families, or I mean, the crests don't lie, you know. Egypt doesn't lie. Mexico doesn't lie. Artifacts don't lie, you know. pretty distinct, mm-hmm. but, yeah,
1: so. Guess, well, you know, we have right a time. minute and a half, uh, actually under a minute and a half here, so, you know, um, definitely, sis, uh, you know, I, I definitely, if there any last, like, you know, real quick, just um, anything you want to leave the family with or anything you want to say? Yeah,
0: discover your inner world, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> discover your inner world, create your inner parad- paradise, you know, in your mind, in your body, in your heart, in your soul, and then that's really yeah. the ultimate thing to do that we can do, you know, mm-hmm. that we can change. And with that everything around us changes as a consequence.
1: I like it. I like it. Okay. Whew. Well, you know, I gotta go back and re listen to this too. You you dropping so many Sierra Sierra Leone gems uh for his diamonds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and precious metals and shit yeah, we on got us, the so best I diamonds. Yeah, no question, no it's question. That's
0: pure as gold. You can eat it. Yeah, right, that's pure
1: as gold. No mercury needed. Just straight, no just straight. Reap it out there. Reap it, it, out no. <laughs> reap it, reap it right yeah. out the ethers from what you're saying, sis. So yes. we got 10 seconds right left here. Point. I want you to know I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for stopping through for Show, show Holistic Health. I'm your guest, Shofar,
0: uh, from Full
1: Show Energy Work, and we'll see y'all soon. Keep shining. Peace. Mm-hmm.
0: Bye. You too.
2: Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like donating shoes to children in need and helping a music therapy facility with new instruments. And we can help you, too, with a great deal on an award-winning Honda, like the all-new and completely redesigned Accord, a car and driver 10 vest a record 32 times. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you, and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Car and Driver, January 2018. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like donating shoes to children in need and helping a music therapy facility with new instruments. And we can help you, too, with a great deal on an award-winning Honda, like the all-new and completely redesigned Accord, a Car and Driver 10 vest a record 32 times. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Car and Driver, January 2018.